الحمد للہ الحمد للہ most suspected students of deen, Muallimas, mothers and sisters, the beautiful lifestyle of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Sahaba Ikram who had emulated the way of life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, their lives are the standard for us. This is something that we need to always be looking at, always be following, always be working towards. And if a person adopts this, if a person takes this road to move forward, the way of life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the example of the Sahaba Ikram, then without difficulty a person will reach the destination with ease. In day-to-day life, challenges will come. A person will be able to deal with those challenges correctly. There will be all kinds of situations that come about from time to time. But a person will be able to deal with those situations in a way that will resolve issues rather than create issues person will be able to deal with situations in a way that create muhabbat, create love and unity rather than create disunity and create ill feeling. Now all these are aspects that we are taught about in the life of Nabi Wasallam, in the lives of the Sahaba Ikram how they handled issues, how they went forward. This is something that we need to learn and we need to apply in our lives. Unfortunately, our attention is so caught up in so many things that are futile, in so many things that are distractive, that don't help us in any way, rather it harms us. As a result, we don't have the time to even learn what is supposed to be learned in terms of day-to-day life. And if we have learned it, many a times we have the knowledge of it, but we have not learned the application, we haven't taken the effort to learn how to apply these things in our lives and how to move forward in a positive way. We are human beings, we are insan, insan have emotions, Insan have feelings. We are not made of brick and stone and iron and wood. We are made of feelings. That is what we are made of. Insan is made of feelings. He feels hot. He feels cold. He feels hungry. He feels pain. He feels happiness. He feels a whole lot of things. There's a lot of emotions. There's sadness. There's grief. There's joy. And there's gratitude, 
there's sometimes some feelings of disappointment. All these things are all natural human feelings. So while a wall, you can hit it, you can say the most nasty things to a wall, the wall is a wall. Nothing is going to affect that wall. But an insan, an insan is an insan. He has feelings. So there is a world of difference between the two. One person was a mechanic and he met a heart surgeon. So the mechanic is saying to the heart surgeon that you and I do the same job. I fix the engine of the car, you fix the engines of the human being. The heart is like the engine now. So you are fixing the engine of the human being and I fix the engine of the car. So now in a joking way, he is saying to him that we do the same job, what difference it is. But just that you people are given a very big honor and regarded as very great in terms of um, people's abilities and skills and people just regard us as mechanic now. But we're doing the same job. He's joking with him. He's saying we're doing the same job. So in the same manner that heart surgeon replied and said, okay, fine, we're doing the same job. You're fixing the engines of cars and I'm working on the engines of human beings. But you do this. You also try to fix the car while the engine is running. The engine is running. Now when you normally fix the car, that car is switched off. That engine is not running. So now there aren't any parts moving all the time. And you don't have to keep that engine running while you're busy working. So, you do this, you keep the engine running and try to work on it and then see. Because as human being, you've got to keep his engine running. His heart can't stop. While that heart is running, that body has to be still functioning and that heart surgeon has to do his job also. Now, this is the difference between inanimate things, dead things and human beings. That The human being is constantly, there are things that are working. And just as his body is all the time working, his mind is all the time working, his emotions are all the time changing. There is a constant change of situations, sometimes one thing, sometimes the other. There is no one situation all the time. So now, this person who is an insan, you cannot expect that he is going to be like a wall, like some pillar, like a tree. No, he has feelings. And because he has feelings, we have been taught in the ahadith. We have been taught by Rasulullah by the Sahaba Ikram, to consider the feelings of people. And there have been so many instances in which Nabi Wasallam taught us how to take note of people's varying tabiats, their natures and to consider their feelings and these are things that if a person doesn't bear in mind then we cannot handle situations correctly <clears throat> somebody's nature is that they are very easy going so the easy going person is very easy also somebody's nature is that they are very very particular about everything everything must be to the T now that's not a good thing to be like that in terms of dunya things in terms of deen 
That is what we should aspire for, that everything is to the T, everything is very well. But in terms of dunya things, then we should have a certain degree of uh, latitude, some little consideration in things. Some things work out perfectly, some things are a little bit up and down. That happens anyway. Person just lets it pass and carry on. <coughs> Person's food is not exactly to the T. Clothing is not on the dot as it's supposed to be. Or a person expects certain things, everything in the house must be placed in a certain way. Or the person's car must be exactly like this. And whatever his, everything must be. Now that doesn't normally happen. And now people who want it all the time like that, then something goes out of line. Little bit also, it just makes them so miserable and everything goes haywire. Obviously that's not the way to be. In dunya, in aspects of dunya, you go to live and let live. You go to accept certain things are not going to happen the way you want it. And carry on with it. As long as it's not crossing the boundaries of deen, let it carry on. Ignore it. Try to address it in a positive way later. And let life carry on. Don't make an issue of every small thing. As they say, don't make an issue of a tissue. Tissue is tissue now. Let it fly. So, when we learn about how to consider the natures of people, somebody is easygoing, somebody is not. But we need to understand how to handle this. Now, whether we are dealing with our parents, whether as parents we are dealing with our children, whether we are dealing with our students, or as students, whether we are interacting with our teachers, whether we are interacting with people in our families, in society, we are employed somewhere, we are interacting with our employers, Whatever the situation is, there is always this reality that has to be maintained in our minds that we have to bear, that we have to deal with situations considering all the various different aspects that have to be considered. The nature of the person, the situation, if it is somebody senior that we are dealing with, our parents, etc., our grandparents our aunts, our uncles, then we have to consider that. We cannot ignore that. Somebody junior we are dealing with, then that has its own way of handling that. Our classmate, how we deal with the classmate, everybody has their own temperament, temperament their nature, how to deal with it. Once Nabi Wasallam, some spoils of war came, or some wealth came, in that way, some kind of uh, garments, now some kind of like a jubba. So there was one which Nabi Islam took and kept aside. Now this had come from some foreign land and this had come as spoils of war. So some had these golden buttons on it, buttons made of gold. Now it is not permissible for men to use such garments, but it was not something given to be worn. It was given so that the person may then sell it off and use the money. But in any case, Nabi Islam kept one aside. Later on, the person who he had intended it for, he was not present at the time when Nabi Islam was distributing this to various people. So he kept one aside. Later on, this person came, so he came with his son. Now when he came, in the hadith, the narrator says that this person had a little bit of hardness in his nature. He was a little bit of a hard person. 
Some people won't let things go easily. They'll want it first to try and do whatever is supposed to be done exactly as they want it. It's somebody's nature like that. Now, many people were coming new into Islam all the time. Whatever the situation may have been, this person had some little bit of hardness in his tabiyat. So Nabi Islam kept this one little jubba aside, this uh, garment aside, and this was a special one because it had buttons of gold on it. So it was now very valuable. And the Sahabi came later on. Nabi Islam heard him from outside. He was still. And when Nabi Islam heard his voice and recognized his voice, he quickly picked up this garment from where he had kept it aside and he came rushing to the door with it. And he is saying to him, Ya Abal Miswar, Khaba'atu laka hadha. Ya Abal Miswar, Khaba'atu laka hadha. That, oh, the father of Miswar, this is something I kept aside for you, special. This was something I put aside for you. Something that was specially considered for you. It's not something, by the way, now, Nabi Wasallam, what is the purpose? Number one, he's coming, meeting this person at the door with this. And then he's saying to him also, that I kept this aside for you, especially. And look at it. And the Rawi says, the narrator says, that Nabi Wasallam held it in such a way, that those golden buttons were now right in front. And he could see that this is, mashallah, something really special. Now, what was the object of this? The object of this was to soften this person, that look, you are being given the due consideration. You are being given the due consideration and it is not that you are being overlooked. Now, sometimes people tend to think that they are being overlooked. Just because somebody didn't ask something, now some people, that is how their mind works, which is not the right way, which is not the correct thing. But we need to be thinking ahead. That if somebody, this is their nature, so why make that an issue? Because if we now insist that that person now must change overnight, it's not going to happen. But what is going to be the end result? We are going to be expecting that this must change now. This person must change his way now. Must change his manner now. We didn't make an effort, a positive effort, to try and change the way. We didn't make a positive effort for that. We are just insisting now that it must change. Whether it is our child for that matter. The positive effort to redirect whatever wrong habits might have formed. Now there is an effort to be made. There is a positive effort. Uh, the positive effort for example would be now inculcating the fear of Allah Ta'ala in the heart of the child. Inculcating the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. Inculcating the love of Allah Ta'ala. Where this will come from, among the many things, from the talim in the home, the talim that will now instill these aspects in the life of the child, and it won't happen at the press of a button, it's a process, it will have to continue, then the life stories, the biographies of the Ahlullah, giving the child to read that, listening to some talks of the ulama kiram the mashayikh, ensuring good company, the right literature, trying and weaning the child off anything that might be harmful with constant encouragement, with constant good advice. So it's an ongoing process and it's, a, it's not something that will happen at the press of a button or something that will just happen by wishing for it. It's an effort. 
Now we didn't make the positive effort to change somebody, the way whether it is somebody, our contemporary, somebody even maybe senior to us. They have a certain way. Now it's something that has been part of the person's nature and life for 30 years, 40 years. Now we want it to change overnight. It's going to take a while, but there's a positive effort around that. So in any case, Nabi Sallallahu is teaching us that look, this person was considered. And now that he was considered, he was calm. Now when he was calmed, it's possible to now move forward. It's possible to now start molding the situation. Because when the person is calm, he's softened. When something has been softened, it's easy to mold it. When something is hard, you can't mold it. So the first effort is to soften. And when something has been softened, now you can work on that heart. You can now start molding that heart. You can start reshaping that heart. But softening takes a while. Certain things get softened quickly. Certain things take a long while to soften. And after it's softened, then now you can start doing what needs to be done to reshape, to mold. So in any case, this is what we learn. How to be able to think ahead and then handle the situation accordingly. For example, sometimes some people, their nature is that they get very, very worked up. The slightest thing will make them very worried, will make them very concerned. And now when the person is very worried very concerned, now that person is going to start acting under pressure. So, there is not going to be the correct way of thinking. The person is not thinking correctly. The person is saying things out of turn. Why? Because the person is under pressure. And the person cannot think correctly under pressure. Because the person hasn't been trained to do that. Now, many people, when they are under pressure, they can't think very clearly. Not that they will be now losing their mind or anything, but in a rational way, that now what is the correct thing to say now? What is the correct thing to do now? I'm under pressure, now I'm just saying anything. I'm taking that pressure out on somebody else. This is unfortunately a very common story. Somebody puts us under pressure, and now we take the pressure out on somebody else. Sometimes, one friend now gave us some grief. One friend gave us some grief. So that friend's grief, we took it, took it out on who? We went home and took it out on our sister. That you, this is your problem and this is what you're doing and whatever else. And now, unrelated things, we take it out on our sister. Forget that taking it out on our sister. Worse is, we go take it out on our parents. Why? Because there was some colleague, some classmate, somebody else, they gave us some hard time, so we make it hard for others. Now, is that fair? Is that something that's, that we will appreciate if it was turned around the other way? Supposing, for example, our friend now is fighting with us. Why is she fighting with us? Because somebody fought with her. Now, somebody fought with her, so she's fighting with us. And she's telling me, you see now, that person spoiled my mood, so now you're going to catch it. If that person spoiled your mood, why I must catch it? But if we think about it, that's what we often do ourselves. Now this is because we haven't learned how to handle things correctly. Somebody spoiled our mood, so we need to think about it, that by taking this out on somebody else, is that going to help me or make things worse for me? 
one person made it bad for me already, he spoiled my mood, I'm going to fight with somebody else about it, is that going to help me? What I'm committing is zulm, it is oppression, and on top of that, I'm going to make now, I got one problem with one person, I'm going to have one problem with a second person also, there are going to be two people with problems now, and both problems are going to come to me, so what good did I do? Now, this is the thing is, that we don't think ahead, we don't think in advance, where am I heading? What am I going to do? Hazrat Asma radiallahu ta'ala anha, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an is gone with Nabi Islam to Madina Munawwara. He's made hijrat. And Hazrat Asma is a young girl now, the daughter of Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala an. She's a young girl. And Hazrat Abu Bakr had to make hijrat. So that hijrat was farz. He left and there is nothing at home. He left nothing for them because he couldn't leave. There was nothing left. Now the grandfather, his nature is of concern. He's worried what is going to become the case. And now an elderly person, if some worry and concern overcomes the mind, then their tolerance levels are lower. They cannot take the pressure so now it's going to affect so many things. It's going to affect his health. It's going to affect the peace of the house maybe. It's going to affect his mind. It's going to affect others around him. There are so many things going to happen if an elderly person is now affected in some way. Now Hazrat Asma radiallahu ta'ala anha is left behind with her sisters and she is a young girl and the grandfather now is concerned. And he says to her that your father has gone himself too and he left nothing for you all too. And now this is going to be really difficult. So now one way of handling this situation was that she could cry for sympathy. That yes now, what can I do now? Well, it's just too bad now. He's already gone and we're going to have to just suffer it out now. And maybe we might have to starve also. We don't know now. now as it is, the poor grandfather is concerned Whatever the situation may turn out to be, that is going to happen in one day, five days, ten days, one month. That's going to come. But by adopting this stance now, by crying out for sympathy in this way now, in this manner, in front of an elderly person, who is not in a position to change the situation from his side in any way, one is he had the ability to do something. But he's not in a position to change anything in any way. And now just telling him, telling somebody who cannot make a difference now. On the level of means, that person doesn't have the ability to change anything now. But we're giving all the sad stories to that elderly person. That person himself or herself needs the help. And now we're giving all the sad stories and all the horror stories to that elderly person. So what happens? That person gets very worried, sick suffering now a heart attack and suffering so many ailments. Why? Because we don't know how to handle the situation. So Asma radiallahu what she does? Now her object is to keep the calm. Now this is an intelligent person. An intelligent person doesn't flow with the emotions. An intelligent person, in Urdu they call hoshyar. Hoshyar. Hosh means one's mind, one's sanity. And hoshiyar means somebody who has maintained their sanity. 
who has maintained their composure. And a person now loses consciousness, you say, Behosh. He lost his consciousness. So he's Behosh. So now, an intelligent person is always Hoshiar. He keeps his calm. He keeps his sanity. Whatever conditions come, he doesn't fly off the handle. Things first. And he acts very intelligently. You know, Asma radiallahu ta'ala anha, what she does, she gets one little box and she puts in some smooth pebbles in there. Flat pebbles. Smooth flat pebbles. Now in those days the coins were not all uniform size and shape and everything because it was hand made by hand. There was a certain size, certain shape, but made by hand. So it would differ a little bit. So it wasn't something that you could easily make out that what is this? Now the grandfather was blind. So she took the small box, put these flat pebbles in there, and she put a cloth over it. Now with a cloth over it, you can only feel that there is something flat in here. And she took it to the grandfather, and she put his hand over this box. And she didn't say that he left money. She says that, look, my father left a lot of things for us. Now, what he left here? What was left? This was pebbles. Now, he put his hand on it. He thought it was coins. So when he felt it, and he thought it was coins, now on top of the cloth he's putting his hand, he can feel some flat things under, and it appeared to be, or it felt to be, pebbles. Now he's blind, he can't see. So this consoled him. It made him feel comfortable. He said, well, okay, if he's left all this for you, then it's fine. You'll be able to fulfill whatever your requirements are. Now what was achieved out of this? She handled a situation correctly. And what was achieved? Peace was achieved. Contentment was achieved. Now there was somebody acting emotionally to a sense. It wasn't something wrong, but he was concerned. But he was becoming emotional to a point, And she calmed him. She consoled him. She acted intelligently. She is dealing with her senior now. But what an intelligent person. We think our intelligence is that we can now go in on social media, put all the things we've done and show people we did this and we did that and we did this and did that and I went here and I went there and this is what I wore and this is what I did. One is the sin of photography in all these things and then the other thing is that this is all there's some article that we read just a few days ago that one of the, the word of the year, the word of the year about two years ago this was, the word of the year which the Oxford Dictionary or whatever, they, some organization, they said that the word of the year was selfie. The word that was coined for people posing for themselves and taking photo, photographs of themselves and putting it on social media this selfie, this became the word of the year. But now, what happened after that? After that, one disease came about. Now, they called this disease the American Psychiatric Association, whatever. This American Psychiatric Association, since this word came about, and a short while later now, one, two years later, they say now this is a disease. They have officially... Uh, categorize this as a mental disorder. What? They called it selfitis. The selfie, selfitis. Now the selfitis, I-T-I-S, these are the last four letters. I-T-I-S. Now you'll find these four letters, last four letters in many words. For example, tonsillitis. 
Now tonsillitis is what? It's the tonsils got inflamed. When the tonsils are inflamed, you say tonsillitis. And then you get bronchitis. Bronchitis, the lungs, there's an inflammation in the lungs. So now, inflammation. Now there's inflammation of the lungs, inflammation of the tonsils. So now sulfitis, I-T-I-S, in the end. Now what does this mean? This is also an inflammation. Inflammation of what? So this is an inflammation of the ego. The ego got very inflamed. I think everybody is so interested in what I am doing and who I am. So now people, the ego, in other words, they want to just show off. This is a mental disorder they are calling it. They just want to keep showing off. So how are you going to show off? Either now keep taking pictures of yourself and pasting for everybody. Instagram and instant haram. And Now this is all a mental disorder. Now somebody is getting married, so now all this must get splashed for the whole world to see. Why? Is the whole world so interested in you? Somebody went somewhere for holiday, so the whole world must know where I went and what I did. Are you such a great celebrity? Everybody must is so interested in you. Now this is actually the inflamed ego. I did something at home, now I must put that on social media. Everybody must know what I did. I made this one thing, there's a small thing, which now I don't know what to call it, so I'll call it abstract art, because it doesn't look like anything. So if it looks like this, something jumbled and muddled, we'll call it abstract art. So now I just, by mistake, the paint fell down on that somewhere, and a couple of paint bottles all mixed up by mistake, and several colors got all mixed up, so now that became abstract art. Some child now came and also scribbled on that thing, it became even better abstract art. There was one somebody had done something out of copper and it was a part of so-called abstract art. Now, there was an official unveiling. He did it in one park. This was a real incident that happened. He did it in one park. Now, this was officially done. Now, it was all kept under secret and then finally in some official opening of it, there was an unveiling. Now, there was a big gathering there and this is now a renowned Artist now, he built something out of copper, big structure. Everybody, when it was unveiled, all ooh and ah and excellent and what a thing and so on. Everybody finished making the ooh and ahs and all that. Now one person was standing there, he came along with the about six, six, five, six year old child. Now a child is a child. So now when everybody finished making the ooh and ahs and everything, and now there was a little bit of little silence. Now this child probably was a bit talkative or whatever. He wasn't shy. So loudly now he's asking his father or mother, whoever was standing there with, that, Dad, what is this? So now when he asked the father, what is this? Now the father is supposed to begin to answer, what is this? So the father kept quiet because he didn't know what to say. He doesn't know what it is. So now he asked somebody next to him, what is this? So that person had no answer. Now everybody heard the question. So they're all asking one another, what is this? And nobody had an answer. All they could say is abstract art, which means it's nothing. So now this is, becomes a very big celebrity thing now. Abstract art. Any case, that's something we digressed. But what we're talking about is the self-fighters now. This is the inflamed ego. And now we think that this is how we handle things. we just going to put anything and everything on social media. We haven't learned how to handle things in a way that really makes a difference to our lives, to people's lives, to situations. She is thinking intelligently. This is an intelligent person. 
we think our intelligence is putting things on social media. This is actually not intelligence. This is self-fighters. This is self-fighters. This is something that is now actually a mental disorder. This is not something coming from some Mufti Sahib. This is coming from who we would now, if anything comes from America, then that is standard now. If the same thing came from the some other, maybe Ugandan Medical Association, we say, no, we don't know, these people don't know what they're talking about. But I came from America now, then that's done. Whereas it doesn't mean anything. It can come from anywhere in the world, somebody who's done it correctly, they understood what it is about. But the point is, that they have also recognized the harm in these things now. But now we need to think ahead, think intelligently. Think of how to contain situations, rather than further inflame situations. We have to think ahead. That's the bottom line comes to thinking. Thinking rationally. And what is the main guide of how to think correctly? The main guide. What will really guide us and help us to think correctly and think what is right and do what is right. And by that way, save the situation, make the situation rather than make a bad situation worse. What is the bottom line? In any situation, the first thought, the first thought is, what will make Allah Ta'ala happy? I now, so I have been provoked now. Somebody has said something. Or now somebody is putting me in a situation of pressure. Somebody is abusing me in some way. They have said some nasty things to me. Somebody has um, done something which is now inconveniencing me in some way. I am going to have to react to this. Or I, or the reaction is now bubbling in me. So I am going to have to handle the situation in some way. The first step, first point, to think deeply, what is going to make Allah Ta'ala happy in this situation? What is going to make me earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala? Because that is the bottom line for a mu'min. Many people, they would, now for example, one person, he is working somewhere. And the boss is giving him a terrible time. So he keeps complaining. Every time he comes to discuss his issues or whatever, he keeps complaining of the very uh, bad way the boss treats him. And uh, keeps making life very difficult for him. So I told him to start looking for another job. How long are you going to keep complaining about this? Look for another job and you'll find something. You are, mashallah, able to do. You are quite qualified. So you will find something quickly. It won't take your time. There's demand for this kind of people. So he says, no, if I take another job, then I will start off earning again at the bottom end. Maybe a little bit more, but at the bottom end. Now here in this company or this place, I'm already working for the past 12 years now. So I've already reached a certain salary level and other benefits. And once I reach 15 years of service, according to the company rules, I stand to gain this very big bonus and all these other extra fringe benefits. I've come 12 years already, 12, 13 years, and now for this two years, I'm going to lose all this. Anyway, else I'm going to have to start again from the bottom. So now it's okay, another two, three years, I'll just stomach all this. It's going to be hard, it's going to be tough, but I'll stomach it. Because now otherwise I'm going to lose out on all this bonus and all these benefits and all these fringe uh, all the other allowances and whatever else. So now the person 
is in a situation where his boss is making his life very difficult, he's making his life miserable, he's giving him the most difficult shifts to work, and he's really making life a pain for him. But he's saying, I'm going to bear this pain. I'm going to bear this pain. Why? Because I can see the benefits coming. When? Two and a half, three years time. Two and a half, three years I'm going to suffer it out. It's okay. But after two, three, two and a half, three years, this suffering, this pain is going to bring a lot of gain. So for that gain, I'm prepared to suffer this pain. What gain? The gain of dunya. Now if we keep thinking up front, beforehand, whatever has been the situation now that is confronting me, how am I going to react to this? What is going to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala for me? That is step one. To think about that. To train ourselves to think about that. And if I'm not sure myself what is going to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala for me in this situation, then I should consult with somebody. That I'm confronted with this situation. How will I earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala? Because that is the ultimate. وَرِضْوَانٌ مِّنَ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala is the ultimate. Otherwise, then there's a big question mark on one's ikhlas, on one's sincerity in all issues. How we're handling the situations, what we're doing, what we're thinking, what we're saying. What, is it just venting emotions? Is it just a matter of scoring points? It is just something on the side? Or is it that I am dedicated to Allah Ta'ala, my first allegiance and Every allegiance is for Allah Ta'ala and I need to earn His pleasure. So if there's some pain, but if in handling this in a way that maybe I will bear some pain, but I'll earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, then it's a cheap bargain. It's a very easy thing to do and very cheap bargain. Like this person is ready for two and a half, three more years to suffer, to take the pain for the gain. A person who's got his focus on the akhirat person who has got his focus towards the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. To undertake this pain is small for him. It's a small thing. It doesn't matter. So, this is the way, number one, to think forward. What is going to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala? My parents have said something, I've heard about it. Because I think that they overreacted. Over Maybe they uh, misjudged the point. The whole issue, they misjudged it. Maybe they got the wrong information. And now they have reprimanded me little severely also. But now, what is going to be the thing that's going to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala for me? My teacher might have erred. What's going to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala for me? Now, this is the first question in the mind, if I'm going to ask. Then, with my parents, the answer that will come in my heart is that, whatever it is, my parents, if they have erred, and if they have hurt me, if I'm going to, say, put, a, put some number on it, maybe out of 100, if I put a number of, say, 5 or 10, then their favors upon me is beyond billions. Because you cannot put a figure on the favor. The favor of parents, there's no figure on it. It is not something that can be quantified, can, something that can be measured in dunya terms in any way. So if I have, if they have erred in one thing, two things, five things, their favors are unlimited. So, in the light of that, I, have, I can't even look at this. I've got to just discount this completely. And Allah Ta'ala wants that from me. That if my parents have erred, then I still humble myself in front of them. Now that's going to make Allah Ta'ala happy. 
So now the first question will be that, I'll be able to think correctly. Then, I still need the support because I'm also an insan. So, I also have emotions. So I still need the support. Where is the support going to come from? From Allah Ta'ala. So now, having asked myself that question, the second step is, from my heart, I'll make dua to Allah Ta'ala. If I'm sincere, if I really want to handle situations correctly, I'll make dua to Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, you guide me to the correct response. One very short dua of istikhara. Istikhara means talabul khair. To beg Allah Ta'ala for good in one's decisions. So on the spot, Allahumma khirli wa khtarli. Allahumma khirli wa khtarli. Ya Allah, you enable me to make the right choice. Ya Allah, you enable me to make the right choice. You choose the right thing for me. The right decision, the right words, the right response, the right reaction. So now turning to Allah Ta'ala. So first the question, what is going to make Allah Ta'ala happy? Then istikhara, this is dua, from the heart, at that moment. And sometimes it's a more complicated issue, or it's something that needs to be taught, then mashwara. So, the thoughts, dua, and mashwara. And when we will keep to these things, then inshallah we'll move forward. Because Nabi Islam says, Ma khaba man istakhara, wa ma nadima man istashar. The person who makes istikhara, now this is istikhara, talabul khair, on the spot. One is the more formal way of istikhara, that too should be done whenever the opportunity is there, there's some major decision to be taken. So a person for a few nights, person decides, performs the salah, the dua of istikhara, etc. Otherwise, on the spot, Allahumma khirli wa khtarli, Allahumma khirli wa khtarli, with the meaning in the mind, consciously begging Allah Ta'ala's help, and we will see how this will turn out for us positively. So this will help us to deal with situations correctly and make it possible for us to have the right response, to have the right reaction. Otherwise, we will blunder into things, we will fall into things, we will blurt out things, we will hurt others, in the process we will hurt ourselves, and we will create problems, we will make a bad situation worse, but if we think, we think intelligently, we think first, what is going to please Allah Ta'ala? Yes, there's a challenge now, there's a situation, but what is going to please Allah Ta'ala? What should I say? How should I say it? What are the right words to say it with? Make istikhara, then make mashwara if necessary. And then we take a decision of how to handle a situation. Inshallah, we will see how with the, the hidden help will keep coming to us and will guide us through all the phases of life. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala grant us the understanding, grant us the tawfiq of always doing that which will please Allah ta'ala. And Allah ta'ala save us from all things that will create a distance between us and people in terms of that we have hurt people, etc. And more importantly, that we do not get distance from Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq. Wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu. Rabbana ghalamna anfusana wa illam takhfil lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin. Rabbi khfir warham wa'afu wa takarram wa tajawaz amma ta'alam. إنك أنت العاز الأكرم 
اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب امورنا بالخير بيدك الخير انك على كل شيء قدير اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله